Hi, welcome to the Convergence Church podcast. My name is Andrew Fish. And I'm Jason Church. And we are going to be introing today our Relationship Matters. We're continuing our series today about purity and sexuality. Um, it, this conversation is going to be a conversation with uh, myself, Andrew, Jason, and my wife, Emily Fish, is going to be helping kind of moderate with this. We did have a little bit of audio issues with our recording on Sunday, and so Jason and I are going to go ahead and we're going to intro it and we're going to provide questions one and two, and then we're going to fade in our audio from Sunday morning for question three. That's great. Yeah, we, we do want to have a few disclaimers here up front. Um, since we are going to be talking about purity, we're going to be talking about pornography, sexuality. Um, if there are any kids in the room, if there are any kids tuning into this, we definitely want you to be aware as parents um, that we're going to be having this conversation um, about some sensitive topics. Uh, we won't dive into great detail, but there will be some, some things that you'll want to be sensitive to in that. Um, also, you know, we'll be sharing some some stories about our families, um, and and I just want you to let want to let you know that we have received approval from them. Um, we're we're very sensitive to that, um, and then of course, you know, this is a huge topic: purity, pornography, sexuality. All of that could be its own subject, <laughs> each one of those uh, that could take several days, and so um, just that we're not going to be answering all the questions related to those, this, this could take a lot to unpack and we hope to, to do some more of that in the future. Yeah, we also just wanna mention real quick as well that um, we, we did have people submit some questions um, and so you know, this series uh, is, is kind of birthed from that, that spot of having people s submit questions and so we do have about seven questions that we're gonna answer this morning and um, we're gonna go ahead and just dive in here. So. The first question that we have here is, um, as, as we've talked about, we're, we're discussing purity and sexuality. Why, why are we discussing purity in this healthy relationship series, Jason? Well, I think a healthy understanding of purity is vital to having health, a healthy understanding of healthy relationships. Yeah. Um, and, and we really, we really don't want to, um, I think the big thing is we want, we don't want to approach the subject of purity from this mindset of, it's just avoiding bad stuff. Yeah. It's, it's really about um, walking around open to the Lord and open to all the good stuff <laughs> yeah. and realizing how big our God is. And, and I think there's this very restrictive um, mindset that we, that we can fall into when we start having this discussion of purity. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. And I, and I think that it's important to just as we're kind of introing this, I think it's important just to know that we haven't arrived. That's um, good. We, yeah. we can acknowledge the fact that we're all on a journey here. And so no matter how, wherever you're listening to this from, um, just know that like the Lord has something for you as we dive into this. And there's, there's, a, there's a deeper level of purity that I think all of us can go to. You know, Paul talks a lot about growing and maturing in Christ. It's, it's, it's the process of sanctification. We're constantly becoming more sanctified. And so I, I think that that's, that's really important. And so um, just, just to kick this off here, I, I think purity is important in every area of our life because it impacts our heart. Yeah, like purity is connected to your heart. And that takes it deeper than just sexual temptation. You know, I right. think many times I've always thought, oh, purity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're struggling with sexual temptation. 
Well, no, you, you might be struggling with a number of different things because again, it's, it, it really is about your heart and anything that you put before the Lord. And so, you know, second Corinthians six seventeen. this is Paul. He's talking to the church at Corinth and he's exhorting them. He says, therefore come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. And really, Paul's quoting Isaiah here. It, but, but the point that he's making is to separate yourself from paganism or to separate yourself from anything that would choose to, to come into your heart because we are called to be separate. We're called mm -hmm. to be set apart. That's what the word consecration means. And that word even comes from Leviticus 11.44 where it's, you know, consecrate yourselves and be holy even as I am holy. Yeah. And, and really it can be anything, right? It could be food. It could be money. It could be, it could be, um, lust and desire and things like that. All of that stuff can draw us away from what is pure. And, and so kind of just even going back to what I originally said, it's not about avoiding all the bad stuff because we could spend our whole life deciding all of those things that we can't do <laughs> and all of those things that that are um, taking us away from what is good and right and and fulfilling really our our relationship with Jesus is yeah. really the thing that that drives us yeah. because it is that is purity is yeah. is pure and and uh, whole devotion to him that's so good because he desires that our hearts remain completely pure um, and, and I think that that is so important. Like he wants to fill our hearts. He wants us to have him and our desire to be in, in him above anything else. And so, I mean, to me, I think my, if I was going to define purity, I would say wholeness of heart driven by a love and devotion for Jesus. Mm. I think it's That's about good. wholeness. Like it's about our hearts being whole before him and Again, anything that's, that's, that's not of him. But like you said, when we say anything that's not, typically what, what we go to is, okay, let's find all the bad stuff, like you said. Let's try right. to remove everything, you know, and, and search for everything that, that might be bad. And one of the things that I want to say is that I think when it comes to purity, your yes has to be bigger than your no. Yeah. And so what does that mean? Well, it means that my yes, my love for Jesus, my desire to live for him, to obey him, my, my heart for him dictates what my yes is, which then determines what my no is. And so like, if my yes is I'm sold out for Jesus, I'm zealous for him, I'm passionate for him. I desire that I am putting my heart. That is what my heart is going to be filled with is him. Then that means that anything that's not of him is just not an option anymore. It's, it's not something that I need. It's not something that I want. And so that determines the no. It's the same thing in marriage. You know, it's like a covenant. Like Emily and I, we got married. We set our vows. We established a covenant together. And so my yes to being married and to that covenant means that there's a no to a lot of other things. And, and it's not a no of, oh, I'm missing out on so many things. Right, right. It's a no of no, that's just not, that's not the covenant. That's, that's not the, the design. It's not the way that I was designed for this. Right. And it's not restrictive at all. Exactly. It's actually, it's actually a life of freedom. And that's, that's where I think we, we have gotten caught up in the past is we think purity means restrictions. Purity means, um, less than, 
And um, I think that's where that's the way the world thinks a lot of times. And, and unfortunately, that's the way the church will think of, uh, of that a lot of times. Um, but when it, you know, when it says in Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, yeah. whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. And when you think about how much that encompasses, it's massive. Yes. yes. I mean, just how big Jesus is, he's, he's huge. And we could, we could think on him all day long. We could, we could look to him all day long and we would never run out of, of joy (laughs) in seeing the new things unfolding in him. So, um, I, I think that's a, I think that's a great way to, to approach pure, this conversation of purity. Yeah, that's, that's so good, Jason. And, and, and just to end too, like when we say like wholeness of heart and we're talking about your, your big yes, again, it doesn't mean that sometimes we're not going to miss it, but what it does mean that is we're not focused on a list of doing do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was the law, right? The law was like, okay, here's what you have to abide by and here's what you do. Now we don't have the law anymore. We have like, like we have the new covenant. We have, we have the fact that Jesus is, is he, he purchased sin for us on the cross. Like he, he became sin. Yeah. on the cross. And so like the reality of the fact that gr- through grace, we are saved through grace. Like we, we don't, we aren't abiding by this list of rules. Instead, we're abiding by love. Mm-hmm. We're drawn by <laughs> love. And so we're, we're drawn into purity from love. And I yeah. think that that's, that's really important. And so purity is not striving. It's Jesus filling every part of your heart. And just to make this practical towards our series too, why is this important for relationships? Well, it's important because your heart, like your heart being pure will impact every one of your relationships, not just your, you know, if you're married, your spouse, your relationship with your kids, but your, your friendships, if you're single, you know, if you're dating, like wherever you're at in life, knowing that having a pure heart, is going to impact every single one of your relationships. Yeah, that's so good. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the second question, which is uh, why are we discussing sexuality in this healthy relationship series? Yeah, I think I'm going to throw it to you in in just a minute, Jason. But the one thing I would say is that it's understanding the way that God designed us to be and how he designed us for intimacy. I think that is really, really like important. And I think it's important to, why don't you just share like, what's, what would you say like sexuality is? What, what is that when we say sexuality? Well, I think the, the world would define it um, right now a lot about our sexual identity. Yeah. Um, which, which I think is a very important aspect. We need to understand that as the church. What, what is our sexual identity, which is a lot, a lot broader of a topic, I think, than, than how the world might narrowly define that. Um, but I think it is also, um, really important to understand that we are sexual beings. Yeah. Um, because it means we're designed for intimacy and that the act of sex, um, within the context of a husband and wife is one of the most intimate places that you can, that you can be, uh, in a human relationship. And, and it is, it's foundational. It's foundational to who we are. Uh, which again goes back to our our identity. Um, but, um, but yeah, why don't you share a little bit, Andrew, just about sexual identity and, and, and some of that. Yeah. I think one of the things I wanted to start off with too, like one of the reasons that we are having this discussion is because I believe strongly, and I'm really passionate about this, Jason, 
is that we need to be having this discussion in church. Yeah. I think sexuality, like you said, sexual identity, but even expanding it because I think sexuality, it's your sexual desires. It's that, you know, the, the, the feelings, you know, all of that I think is, is defined in that. But I think in some ways we, we haven't, it, it just hasn't been a thing that we've discussed a lot in the church, but yet everyone else is screaming it from the rooftops. Right. I mean, culture, school, um, government, we're like starting to legislate some of this now. And so it's all over social media feeds. And so I think just if we're not talking about it, other people are talking about it. And so when we're talking about why is this important to be discussing, I think we need to be having this conversation in church because again, like you referenced, our sexuality cannot be defined by the world. Right. It needs to be defined by the truth of the Bible, the truth of God's word, the truth of how we were created, how we were designed to be, what our identity is in Christ, mm-hmm. not in what other people think, you know, or what I, maybe even circumstances, you know, I, I, I also want to be aware of the fact that, you know, maybe somebody's watching or, or listening this morning and it's like something where, you know, maybe there's been circumstances that have happened to them. You know, like that may lead you towards something, but then the love of God comes in and totally transforms your identity. Mm. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the reason for us discussing this in in this series is, A, we, we want to discuss it because God's talking about it. God talks about it in his word. Yes. Um, and, and why we're doing this in the Healthy uh, Relationship Series is because it impacts all of our relationships. It's not just the, the relationship that we have between husband and wife, but it impacts all of our relationships um, because it, it is a part of our identity and, and such a huge part of our identity. Um, yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to cut in here to the audio from Sunday morning. We're going to start here on question number three. So let's go ahead and tune in. Why is sexuality under attack in our country and culture? Wow, that's a deep question. That's good. Um, I think I'll just throw in for a second yeah, to start. I think, I, I, I think Jason brought it up already about sexuality being attached to identity. And I think that that's so key. Gen- Jason already brought up the verse in Genesis 1, 27, you know, and God made man and woman, and, he, and he, it was like he made it in the image of God. He made man and woman. So it's in his image. So that is identity. It's man and woman made in the image of God. And so the understanding of that, I think, is really important. And I think that that's one of the reasons why this topic is so prevalent right now. The enemy works so hard to get you to question your identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. And if you question your identity in Christ, you question your personal identity. You question your sexual identity. And so the two are interconnected. So it's so interconnected, but it all stems from identity. It's a battle over identity. Like think about the fact that we have, I brought this up the other week. We, We have so many genders right now. Like, if you look that up, there's like 64 genders that it says, but there's only two. There's male and female. We know that. That's the biblical definition. That's the biblical design. It's the way God created it. There is nothing else in the Bible. You cannot stretch the Bible to conform to a theology that creates multiple genders beyond man and woman. 
It doesn't exist. It's not in the Bible. But we have an attack on that. Mm -hmm. And the attack stems from identity. Well, I don't know who I am. Well, let's just say that you're over here struggling with that. Let's just create something and make that something. Right? And so we just try to make this whole, it's like this huge thing where it's like everybody's struggling with these different things. So let's just create a new identity around it. It's like, no, you need to know your identity in the Lord. You need to know who you are, and when you know who you are in Christ, you know who you are as a human being because it's the way that you were designed. It's the way that you were crafted and created to be. It's true. Yeah, there's a lot of identity theft happening right now <laughs> in, our, in our culture. And, I mean, you think about it, it's, you know, the enemy comes to do three things, to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he's, he's trying to steal our identity. Um, yeah. He's trying to steal the joy, too, that a husband and a wife will experience and, and and the rippling effect that it has on the family the rippling effect uh, rippling effect that it has on community yeah. um when 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 a husband and a wife are operating fully in the intimacy that that god's called us to be in in the act of sex um he doesn't want us to experience the joy because he doesn't want us to be walking out the fullness of all of that i mean he's he's really waged a full-scale war <laughs> against against it because he he understands the value he sees the value in it um i think we also need to be asking the question how do we respond to this you know um i think one way that that i just kind of mentioned was the husbands and wives need to be fully engaging in intimacy with each other it's it's uh, it's something that you need to pursue as husbands and wives something we need to be pursuing as as husbands and wives that we're we are doing all that we can to to love each other fully and love each other in intimate ways um it's warfare that is an act of warfare um, for husbands and wives to love each other and um, a lot of a lot of times we look at a different kind of warfare <laughs> in our in our relationship with our husbands and wives and we're but we're not wrestling against flesh and blood right we're wrestling against the enemy against the rulers and the principalities and so um so it's so important for us to remember that too when we're when we're on facebook and instagram uh, my my um, war and my battle is not with the, uh, the person on the other side of this argument that I'm having, right? That's, that's not where my battle is. Um, I, may, I may disagree with them. I may um, understand things differently, but my, my battle is against the enemy. And my battle is for, actually for those who are struggling with sexual identity. It's for those who are, are struggling with same-sex um, attraction, those who are struggling with, with pornography. That is, my battle is for them because I want them to enter into the fullness of what God has for them, what God has for our entire community. So, And that's so good. Like, our response as believers is crucial. Yep. Our response to a hurting world. Our response to people that are struggling. I think sometimes, I, I saw this comment on Facebook. Somebody had a thread and it was about, um, I, I think it was about same-sex marriage. And the first comment was this, it's an abomination. And I thought to myself, and I was like, is that really the first response we want to have? Mm. Is that going to lead someone to Jesus? I don't think so. I think that's just quoting. And yes, maybe you're quoting a scripture, but you're just throwing, it's like you're just throwing that out there. When you need to step into a conversation with that person. 
Like, like I want to say this. I think this is really important. No matter where any of us are at this morning, no matter where you're at, if you're watching online, no matter where you're at this morning, you are welcome here. You're welcome here. And what I feel as believers, listen to this, listen to this. As believers, we have to stop getting on a pedestal and instead invite people to the table. Invite them to the table. Come on, let's have dinner. I want to have dinner with you. I want to invest my life into you because I am the light of the world. And it's through the love of Jesus. His kindness leads to repentance. His kindness. Oh, I'm preaching now. I got to stop. But man, in John 8, oh no, I can't. I can't do it. When Jesus approaches they, they come, and it, it's, it's the adulterous woman, right? And she's caught in the midst of adultery. And Jesus says, they're wanting to stone him because of the law. And instead, Jesus asks them a question. He says, he who has no sin can cast the first stone. That's good. Okay. Sorry, man. We need it's to good. preach on this. It's good. I feel it. So, sorry. I'm so sorry. One more thing. This. Rain him in. This is a. This is a. <laughs> n- n- this is a no-shame zone this That's morning. That's good, yeah. That's important to so say. Can, so can I just invite us in this morning? When you walk through these doors, you crossed into a no-shame zone. Mm. What does that mean? It means no matter what we're discussing, yes, we're discussing some sensitive topics. Yes, we're going there. We're, we're, we're going to go after it this morning. But no matter where you came into the room this morning... There's no shame. There's no condemnation here. There's no, we're not like, hey, look at what you did. Look at, no, 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 no. This is like, come sit at the table and receive freedom. Receive more of his love this morning. Step into a place of knowing who you are in him. No shame. Can we just break that off? Yep. No shame. So okay. good. Okay. The next question is going to be stop. about pornography. Um, I was reading this um, statistic the other day on a website and um our world is so inundated with sexual immorality and so one of the in sexual content one of the statistics was that 91 percent of men and 60 percent of women have accessed pornography in the last 30 days it just like breaks my heart um Mm -hmm. so what is and how does someone get free from pornography? I talked a lot. Why don't you go first? I'll, I'll share a little bit. I, I, think, I think it's really, you know, just kind of along with the no shame, I just want to speak hope yeah. to, to those who are struggling with pornography. Um, because, I, you know, I've, I've been in a lot of small groups with guys who, who are struggling with pornography. And, um, and it, it leads to hopelessness when you keep fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and not finding any freedom. And so I just want to say, guys, there is hope for you. Um, and, and not just guys. I use guys in the uh, loose term because girls, I'm addressing you too. Um, and and I, I, I listened to a podcast, um, actually it was a few years ago, and it was a girl sharing her testimony of how she, her struggle with pornography um, was just like heaped on shame because when we're sharing it in the church, a lot of times we're talking about it as a guy problem, and it's not a guy problem. It is an everybody problem. And so, girls, I just want to break shame off of you if you're like, oh, 
I'm, I'm even doubly wrong because this is actually a guy issue. No, it's not. It's something that everybody is struggling with. And, you know, 60% of, of ladies, I've even heard higher stats than that. So, um, so it's, it's a big deal. Um, and, but there's hope. There's hope for you guys. And so I just want you to feel like, I, I just want you to know if, if you feel like you've tried everything, um, I believe we even have some keys this morning um, for you. Um, not, not a magic pill <laughs> to, to free you, but it's, a, um, it's, some, it's some help for you. you yeah, that's bit? so good. Yeah, well, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to, sh- I mean, I, I, could, I could preach three sermons on this, and I, I want to someday, I think, because this is such a big passion of mine. Some yeah. of you know my story. Jason's talking about hope. Me sitting here should be hope for you. I struggled with pornography for 13 years. It's my testimony, 13 years, and yet the Lord encountered me, and I realized my identity, and I got completely free of it, and now what was an issue is now one of my greatest testimonies. Come on. So whatever you're dealing with in the room, if it's pornography, if it's fill in the blank, like your greatest battle can become your greatest testimony. Come on, we need to write that on a postcard and look at it every morning. Your greatest <laughs> battle can become your greatest testimony. Okay, um, man, I'm feeling good this morning. <laughs> I'm in the zone. I, I feel like pornography is desire misplaced. That's a good word. And here's why. Because I think sometimes when I was struggling for 13 years, one of the things that I wanted to do is I just wanted to get rid of my sexual desire. I wanted to get rid of it. I was like, oh, let's just press this thing out. I like it's, it's causing me more harm than it is good. And the Lord doesn't want you to get rid of your sexual desire. He created it. And so it's not about getting rid of this aspect of you. It's about taking it and placing it in the Lord. And so I feel like pornography, it's, it's, it's that thing of like instant gratification. It's that thing of like you're, you're, you're tempted with this thing that the Lord, it's a desire that the Lord put in your heart, but you're misplacing that curiosity. You're misplacing that desire in something that has an instant gratification, but it never satisfies. It never satisfies. And so I think it, it's, it's about placing that desire in the hands of the Lord. And, and listen, one other thing. I think there's a really important key here. I think I tried for 13 years to self-discipline my way into freedom. You can't self-underline, discipline your way into freedom. You can try. And yes, I'm, no, I'm not saying that there's not practicals and we're going to get into that and that there's not some discipline involved what I'm saying is that I can't just constantly be like, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. I need a bigger reason why I'm not going to do that. Right. We talked about this earlier, right? I need a bigger why. My bigger why is my desire in the Lord has to outweigh the desires of the flesh. It's Galatians 5. Read Galatians 5. It'll just wreck you. Verses 16 and 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Crystal clear right there. My desire in the Lord outweighs my desire of the flesh. So if my desire for this is placed in the Lord, then I know that's my why. Mm -hmm. That's my why. And so we have to place our desire in him. So listen to this. Freedom is found through the gospel, 
but lasting freedom will never be sustained without intimacy. That's good. That's really good. Oh, man, yeah. I want to preach. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting too far, but I, I want you to listen to that. Like, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. That's who you are. So when you pick up that identity, who am I? I'm righteous. Why? Because he made me righteous, because he died on the cross for me, because he purchased righteousness for me. So I am righteous. So my desire is in him, knowing that, okay, my desire is in him. I am righteous. Therefore, as I walk by the spirit, the desires of the flesh are no longer an issue. And so I think understanding your identity, but freedom will never be sustained unless you're in the presence of the Lord daily. Yeah. Intimacy. Intimacy. One of the first questions that I ask anybody that I sit down with that is struggling with pornography, the first question I ask them, I'm like, I, I don't want to hear about anything yet. I just want to ask you one question. How's your relationship with the Lord? How's your daily relationship with the Lord? Mm-hmm. And almost always I can see a correlation between the two. If they're not spending personal time with him, there can be an ease. It, it can become easier to, to, to get lost in that temptation because your spirit needs to outweigh the, the desires of the flesh. Yeah. I think we need to understand, too, what personal time with the Lord looks like. It doesn't mean you sit down with your Bible and your journal and you start talking about random things with God, Right? <laughs> I mean, that may be where you go. You may, you may take that and you may apply it very theologically rather than personal. When we say personal time with the Lord, we actually mean personal. Get personal with him. And, and he wants to meet you in very practical ways. We, there are very practical ways that he wants to address this issue of pornography. He, he wants you to set up blocks on your phone. He wants you to um, be meeting with a group of guys. We have a great group of men that you can regularly meet with on month, first Mondays. We have other groups that meet throughout the week. We have micro churches where you can connect. Like there are ways to connect and get the help that you need. And, and we have a culture here where it's a safe place. I'm not saying with every random person that you meet right after church. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you need to talk with somebody about what you're struggling with, there are safe places where you can do that here. And that's, that's not true of every church, you know, and, and I understand that. But there are safe places to meet. But, but just what Andrew was talking about, you do that with Jesus. So you, you set up blocks on your phone and you do it with Jesus. You, you meet with other guys and you do that with Jesus. You maybe uh, talk to your wife or your, or your husband, if you're a lady, about the struggle that you're having, but you do it with Jesus. And... Um, I was just thinking of like, you know, we're all looking for this magic formula, right? I'm looking for a magic formula to deal with my discipline issues about eating. Um, there's not a magic pill. Um, but the, but the form, there is a formula. You, want, you guys might want to write this down. It's Jesus plus whatever Jesus tells you to do plus Jesus. Okay? That's the formula. That equals freedom. When you, when you connect with Jesus and you say, God, what do you want me to do? And he says, do this. And then you don't just take the ball and run with it, right? But you, you listen, and then you say, okay, now will you help me do that thing? Because <laughs> I can't do it on my own. That's so good. Yeah, so as we, as we kind of close this question, we just talked a lot about the spiritual component. And that's the number one thing. Like, freedom is found in the gospel. 
Freedom is found in your identity. Freedom is found in your desire in him. But Paul spends a lot of time talking about practicals. Mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 6, 18, flee sexual immorality. What does that mean? Run. <laughs> Run away. How, it doesn't get much more practical. Run. I love that. And so I want to just give us some practical tips because spiritually is the number one thing, but then there are practical disciplines that's like, how do I live my life and do this in such a way as well? And one of them is to guard our eyes. Man, I could preach a whole sermon again. (laughs) Matthew 6.22, the eye (laughs) is the lamp of the body. If your whole body, if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. I want you to think about that. Like, guard your eyes. What does this mean? It means men and women. It means if, if I see something that I'm not supposed to be looking at, I need to get off. Yeah. It means that when I'm watching a movie, I give Emily full reign to cover my eyes and say, stop, I don't want you to watch this. It means you shouldn't probably be watching that movie in the first place. <sighs> I'm just saying, some of us are opening doors that we don't need to be opening. That's true. And we're opening them in the mindset of we can handle it. And the truth is that it's not worth finding out. Why, why bother? It's <laughs> not worth finding out if that door is worth it. It's not it's worth true. it. It's good. So guard your eyes. Like I remember just walking in the mall like, and just avoiding Victoria's Secret in general. Whatever you need to do to guard your eyes, do it. Yep. If you need to delete Instagram off your phone, delete it. Get rid of it. Remove it. It's not worth it. Flee temptation. Like, you need, some of us in this room, we've been struggling and struggling, and there's that spiritual component, but you've got to remove the access. Remove the access. Take away the temptation. Like, one time, I gave Emily the full reign. Like, she had the passwords to everything. We deleted everything on my phone, practically. I almost couldn't do anything except call people. And you know what? It's worth it if that's going to take me, if that's going to get me a step closer to freedom. Some of us in this room, we're missing the component because we're afraid of losing things. When we got to be willing to go all in, whatever it takes to get your heart free is worth it. Whatever it takes. Okay, take me down. It's good. Take me down. Emily? I love you. You I'm fired up. (laughs) Okay. Will someone stop struggling with sexual temptation when they get married or into a relationship? Me? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, sorry. Do you want me to talk more? Just kidding. I, I, want, you to, oh. I want you to start so I can wrap it up. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> sorry. You, you guys can tell I'm zealous no, about good. this topic. He's wanted I, to do this for so long. This is part of my calling is to call a generation into purity. Yeah. And so you're, you're stepping into that That's this good. morning. All right. That's good. Will someone stop struggling with sexual temptation when they get married? Who knows the answer to that? No. No. But I came into marriage thinking it would. And I think sometimes we do that. And and can I say something, too? This isn't just about marriage, either. Like, sometimes we can put so much weight on relationships. We we come into relationships with this unhealthy thing, this unhealthy emotional thing, like whatever that is. And so for me, I brought pornography into our marriage, and I had this brilliant idea that getting married would solve all of it. Mm-hmm. 
like, well, if I just get married, everything's going to be okay. And the truth is that marriage only magnified the issue. And now it wasn't just my issue, it's Emily's. Because we're together in covenant, so we're both dealing with this now. And it led to, to a lot of things going on. Like, we had to get healing. We both had to get healing. Not just me, but she had to get healing. She had to deal with trust, some trust things, and I had to get freedom. And we did that through, like, getting delivered and getting help. Like, we ran to help. So run to help if that's you. But will someone stop struggling? The answer is no. It's actually going to make it worse. It actually creates more issues. Um, pornography creates an unhealthy bond. It's this unhealthy bond to something that you can never have. It's this gratification on a screen that creates this emotional um, and physical bond that's meant for you and your wife. It's meant for you and the Lord. If, if, if you're called to singleness, it's just meant for you yeah. and him and the Lord. That's good. Do you want to throw in? Uh, I just want to emphasize, too, it really isn't just about the person who's struggling with pornography. It really, in a marriage, um, you know, the spouse it's hard. It's hard yeah. on a spouse. And, and I think we need to keep that in mind um, as we're sharing that with our spouse. Recognize this is going to hit their value. This is going to hit um, a, lot of, you know, a lot of their identity issues. And so um, just to keep that in mind as we're sharing, that's why we do it with Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then also just uh, with, this, with the spouse, um, well, I, I kind of mentioned, you know, it's, this isn't just a guy problem, but... Um, it's important to um, just also. I kind of lost my, lost what I was going to say. I think let's go on. Okay. Because I, I want us to get to some of these other yes. questions. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we have three more questions. Yeah. Okay. Why is waiting for marriage to have sex important? Okay. This is good. Um, you go. I mean, medically speaking, when you when you have sex with somebody, you're bonding with them like in a very real way. You create a bond with them that um, if that bond breaks, you actually, it's like a, it's like a piece of, of tape that loses its stickiness. Yeah. And bonding to the next person is actually, you don't have the same stickiness. Um, and so if you can see, if you're bonding with multiple people before you get married, the stickiness isn't there. Now, that is not to um, say we are hopeless because that is the natural. We have the supernatural. But I'm letting you know about the natural. What happens in the natural is, is when you bond to someone, you lose the stickiness. You lose that ability to, apart from the Lord, you lose the ability to be intimate with the next person at the same level. Um, and then, you know, just even research-wise, we can look and see um, that um, I've got some statistics written down. Um, people who wait to have sex until marriage compared to those who don't report significant higher relationship satisfaction uh, communication patterns, less consideration of divorce, and better sexual quality. Um, again, all of that is not to provide hopelessness for those who have already struggled with sex before marriage. Um, but it's an encouragement to those um, who haven't to make your life easier. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not about how, how far can I go without, you know, it being a problem. How, far, how much can I get away with? It's like, how good do you want your life to be? That's the question. How good do you want your life to be? And um, it's just, do you want to be bonded to, to, your, to your spouse in a, in a deep and intimate way um, and, and do that much more naturally and, and easily than sex before marriage is 
not a great idea. Yeah, that's that's really good. I think too, just just as as that said, like if if you had sex before marriage or you have had, like there's so much freedom and re- restoration. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I've seen, the, like the Lord restores. Yep. Yeah. And so it's not something, again, no shame, no condemnation. Like, if, 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 if that isn't your story, that's okay. Your story is beautiful because the Lord can restore it, and he, pro- and he has for many. Right. And so it's such a beautiful thing. But I think looking at this from, like, the creative design, it's like the Lord designed sex to be explored for the first time with your spouse. Yeah. Mm. And that's amazing. That's beautiful. Like, it, it, it's the way that he created it. Um, and so, and, and I just think too, like this concept of like the world says, just do whatever you want with your body and your choices. God says your body's not your own. <laughs> and so it's this mindset of like my identity is, it, when it's in Christ, my body is not my own anymore. It's the Lord's. And so my motivation becomes about doing what is right before him. Yeah. And I think that that's so important. I, I think another thing that's really important because it, You've got, you've got to know your why for not having sex. Just, this is for really for teens growing up um, and uh, people who before they're getting married, when you're engaged, um, what is your why for not having sex? Because if it's, well, I just want to save it for the right person, it's really easy to convince yourself this is the right person. And I know I, know I haven't gotten married yet, but I know this is the person I'm going to marry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, just, it's just not God's design. It's out of order. And so understanding that God makes a promise, he uses his words and he makes a promise, and then he carries them out. That is God's design, and he's done the same thing in marriage. We have a vow. We have, we have the, the vow of marriage, and then we have the act of marriage. Yeah. So, so that is God's design, and he's, he's mirrored it for us in, in marriage and in the act of sex. So we speak it, and then we do it. That's so good, and I, I know we, we got to move on, but like, if you're if you're young, if, if you're young in this room, like if you're if you're a youth, if you're a young adult in this room, like I just want to say something. Purity is cool. Can I say that? Can I say that? Purity is cool. The world sometimes makes us think that purity isn't cool. I remember I had this girl call me my senior year of high school and we had this conversation and she knew that I like didn't really want to kiss and so it was kind of like a it was a core value of mine like I don't want to just kiss anyone you know like I have a reason that I'm saving that and she she called me up and she was like but you do realize that you're going to need to practice kissing first so that you'll know how to do it in marriage mm-hmm. and I think the same thing could be applied to sex people are like oh you need to practice for, sure. for marriage it's like, no, I get to practice with my spouse. Mm-hmm. Come on. Right. And so I just want to take that off of you. Like, the world says purity isn't cool. I want you to know purity is so cool that people are going to be attracted to you because of your core value for that. That's it's true. really good. It's good. One, one last thing, I, and this kind of is leading into the next yeah. thing, I think, but um, I have never heard any, and I've told my kids this, I have never heard anyone say, I wish I would have just gone farther with my girlfriend. I, would oh, have ju- I wish I would have that's just good. gone further with my boyfriend. I never have heard anybody in my entire life say that. That's really and good. And I think that is a good indication of, of, of wisdom. <laughs> For sure. So I'm going to just transition just a little bit, and we're going to ask Jason, or I'm going to ask Jason some questions about talking to your kids about these topics. Um, so when and how do we talk to our kids about sex and pornography? 
I think the when is as early as possible. So we need, to be, we need to start talking to them as soon as they can talk and understand you. Um, and obviously, we don't go into great detail, but I, I can remember Keegan, my oldest, coming to me and saying, Dad, please don't wait so long. Please don't wait so long to talk to the other boys and, and the other kids about it. And, um, and, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But, um, and, and I, still, I still waited too long, you know. Um, to, to, to really get into good conversations with them. Um, I should have been doing that at three. Um, and so what, is that, what, what does that look like? Um, I'm, I'm just talking about talking to them about their gender because how important is that right now? So I important. mean, it's so important. And, you know, in, in kids' ministry, we're like, oh, boy, Noah's Ark again. Oh, boy, it's story of creation again. And now we're like, oh, we've got to really hit this. You know, it's like God creating them male and female. And, and we'll even, we'll even um, hey, we're going to play boys against girls today. You know, we used to not do that. But now we're like, okay, we got to, these are the boys and these are, you know, it's like we want to define that really well for people. Yeah. And, um, you know, the story of Noah, God brought them onto the ark, two by two, male and female, so that we could be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Um, so you're one, you want to have these conversations all through the growing up. So be, this, this whole idea of a sex talk is not good. Yeah. Um, having a sex talk should never happen. You should be having a constant conversation with your kids about their, their sexual identity, about, about their sexuality from the time you, they can start talking. So just to kind of give you some real, uh, a real brief flow. During the ages of one to three, you're going to be educating them about gender. You're going to be, um, while you're changing their diaper, you can just be talking to them and, and talk to them about what their actual parts are called, the scientific words for those. Um, it's good that they understand what their anatomy actually is and what those words are. Um, and then we, we start talking to them about how their parts are, their parts are private. Um, and then during the ages of four to seven, we should be continuing to talk to them about gender, continuing to talk to them about how their parts are private and, and go into a little bit more detail about what that means. And, um, you know, we want them to be protected and things like that. Oh, just, oop, oop, <laughs> just in case. Um, we should uh, begin to introduce some conversations about um, where babies come from, that they come from moms and dads. Um, who love each other. You can share this without really getting into too much detail. Um, the main thing that you're wanting to do is you're wanting this to be a really comfortable conversation. Mm -hmm. So there may be some work that you need to do yourself, right? You may need to get your mindset correct about sex and sexuality because let's be honest, I, I mean, I, I grew up, I got a book. That's what, I, that's what happened to me. My parents gave me a book and I'm thankful that they gave me a book, honestly. They gave me a book, Where Do Babies Come From?, had pictures. It was very nice and good, and, and um, it, was, it was fine. But I'll, I'll be honest, I learned most of what I did about sex and sexuality from friends. And um, because it wasn't a comfortable, it was an awkward thing to talk to parents about sex and about sexuality. And it should never be. It should, it should be one of the most comfortable conversations that you have. That should, be, that should be an easy conversation for them. So we need to get to that place. Because you want, you want to be the safe place for them. You want to be the expert that they want to come to. The reality is you have had sex if, you, if you're, well, obviously you're, 
Yeah, if you've got kids, then you are. You've had sex more than any of their friends have. It's true. You are an expert. It's a reality. And, so, and I told my kids that. I'm like, hey, I'm an expert when it comes to sex. And so it's a good, it's a good thing to be an expert, and it's a good thing to feel comfortable talking to your kids about it. Um, because then they're not feeling... Because there is a curiosity that comes. And I want to I share a couple of books... Um, I didn't write these. Man, wish I had. Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, and then this is the older version, just Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. This gets a lot more into the whole pornography thing. Um, but I would, I would highly encourage you guys to, to, to read this to your kids. Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, go ahead and read it to your kids. And then, and then as your kids are older, like, you know, I don't know, just use your own discretion. This is a lot, you know, for parents it is a lot where you're at and are you starting with, I haven't really talked to them about it at all, and they're 12 now, um, then, you know, you kind of have to, have to figure that out yourself. But, um, but you should be talking to your kids about pornography, but that should not be the first conversation that you have. The first conversation that you have should be about how wonderful a sexual relationship is. That should, when you're getting into the details, it should be about God's design not about Satan's perversion of, of intimacy. And so, um, anyway, this, this thing is really good. It's got a note to parents, and it'll help kind of talk you through that. Uh, but again, don't let that be your first conversation. Make sure you're having other conversations. And then from 8 to 12, your conversations are going to get more specific. And I would even encourage you to alter your language. Start talking, instead about moms and dads and their relationship, you're talking about the relationship between a husband and a wife. And, and it's, you're kind of maturing the conversation a little bit. You're talking more about scientifically what happens and, and the function of it and how babies are actually born. Um, but by this time, you've already had tons of conversations. And so you're not like just jumping into the deep end with the sex talk. Um, so I really encourage you guys to, to start young and, and get help if you need to. Talk to, talk to other parents who've, who've walked through this and get their, get their feedback on it. Really good. That's good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, thank you both so much today. You guys did awesome. Um, I really appreciate what you brought to the table, your wisdom. Let's give them a round of applause. That was really good. Um, this week, as we were preparing, I was reading Titus 3, and I just want to share this really fast. Um, I know we're running out of time. Um, but verses, Titus 3, verses 3 through 7. For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind, mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Purity and sexuality, they're heavy topics and ones that often bring a lot of shame. 
But I hope that you leave today with keys to living a lifestyle of purity, with keys to parenting, to keys to getting freedom, because that is what Jesus wants for us. It's what he died for. He died so that we would have the hope in, of freedom. We can get it. We can receive it through intimacy with him. So I hope you, li- I hope you leave really encouraged today rather than leaving ashamed. So we're going to um, pray and release purity in the house. Yeah, let's, can we stand? Let's stand up. We're just going to pray and release this. You know, I don't, I don't want to just talk about it. I want to release this. And I, I, yeah, Jesus, we thank you, God. I just want to, again, encourage us that, like, wherever you're at in the room this morning, there's a new level this morning that, that the Lord has for you. And more than anything, it's, I feel like the Lord is placing a zealous passion in hearts for loving him and for desiring him. And so I just want to encourage us, like, let's just step into this. Like, this morning, I believe that there's a deeper love for the Lord that he wants to release. And I felt this morning, too, like, I feel like it's important to take a step this morning. And so I just want to invite you, and listen, this isn't just about pornography, this isn't just about, you know, uh, drug addiction, or this is about anything, like anything that you feel like in your heart, that the Holy Spirit is like, I need you to get, to just get rid of this this morning, and to give this to Him, I want to invite us into that place. Because again, purity is a lot more than one thing. Oh, man. But I just want, I want, if you're in the room this morning, and you've been struggling with something for a long time, I will, and, and you've, maybe you're in the room and you're like, man, I've, I've been to so many altar calls. I've been here. I've done, I've done things. I've, I've tried. I want you to know that this morning, the Lord wants you to step aside, actually, and not try, but actually receive more of his love. Receive more of it. And so what I want to do is I want to open up the front here. And I just want you, listen, I, I, this is a no shame zone. I was with youth. Wesley and I were with youth a, a while back. And I told them, I said, I want you to go all in this morning. So I just want to encourage you, if you want to go all in this morning, and you're like, I do not want to leave this room the same way I came in. I don't want to leave this room with this thing. I want to come right now. I want to lay it at the feet of Jesus, and I want him to wipe it away, and I want him to wash my heart clean. I want you to come up to the front. Come on, I just want to, anybody, it doesn't have to be anybody, but I want to invite you to the front. The step of faith is going to be important this morning. As, as these come to the front, if I can get some of our ministry team to pray over those that come, that would be amazing. So Jesus, we just release purity this morning. We release the fire of purity, Lord, the, the desire of purity, Lord. And I'm asking, Lord, that there would be a love and a zeal and a passion. And Lord, we release identity, Lord. If there's anyone in the room you've struggled with, with maybe it's same-sex attraction, whatever that is, the Lord wants to pour identity into you, who you are in Christ. You are righteous. You are pure. You're not trying to attain it. It's who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so this morning, we ask you, Lord, that you would fill every single person standing with, 
with that righteousness of you, Lord, the identity of who they are. break shame. We break shame. We break shame. We break shame. We break any shame or condemnation, any words that have been spoken, anything that has brought shame into this conversation. We break it now in Jesus' name. And instead, I'm asking that your perfect love would fill every single heart. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're in the room. And right now, I'm asking for you to just bring deliverance. Lord, people that have struggled for years, I thank you that there's deliverance this morning. And so we say right now, any spirit of lust has to leave. It has to go in Jesus' name. Any spirit of defilement, any spirit that is not the Holy Spirit has to leave now in Jesus' name. You have no place in this atmosphere. You have no place in these hearts. And so right now, I'm asking you, Lord, that your fire, that the Holy Spirit would fill every heart. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on. Yeah. Some of you, you, need to, you just need to say it out loud. I am free. I am free. I just I see us um, I see us just looking up right now, and um, and just just that that mindset shift of I'm gonna stop trying to push all of this stuff out of my life. I'm gonna stop using all of my energy on pornography, on addiction, on all this other junk, and I'm just gonna focus my attention up on Jesus. And I, on Jesus, and I just see it not just the people up front, but everybody in the room. I just want you to fix your eyes right now. Um, I just had this picture this morning. Of, of people walking in that, that felt hopeless. They felt like they were just stuck in a dark place. So I don't know if that's you this morning. If you feel like you're stuck and in a dark place, I see light at the end of the tunnel. I see the light of Jesus coming to you fast. And I want you to picture that. I want you to imagine that, that Jesus is coming to you. He's coming to you quickly. Come quickly, Jesus. Come quickly, Lord. Shift our mindsets out of this, out of this idea of I, it's up to me. I have to push it away. I have to push it away. We lean into you, Jesus. You are the author and the perfecter of our faith. You are the beginning and you are the end and you're everything in the middle. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I just hear the Lord saying, I love you. I love you. I want you to just, I want you to close your eyes. If you're, if you're receiving, if you're up here at the front, if you're, if you're stepping into this, I want you to close your eyes. And I don't want you to focus on anybody else in the room, but I want you to just look and I want you to look into Jesus's eyes of love. And I want you to see him saying, I love you. I'm so zealous for your heart right now. Just lay that down and give me all of your heart. And Lord, right now we break off thoughts that are not of you. We thank you right now that you are renewing minds. I thank you that you are renewing minds. I just see people, you've been like just, your, your mind has been so battling thoughts and I just see the Lord coming in right now and just removing those thoughts and instead he's filling them with thoughts of how he feels about you. 
So Jesus, we ask you that your love would fill every single mind and heart, Lord, that it washes all, all, anything that's not of you. Jesus, just release it. We just release it. Today is the day. Come on, today is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day that your greatest battle becomes your greatest testimony. Today is the day. This is a marking point. This is a moment where you can say, I remember that day when I had that encounter with Jesus and he set me free. And now I want to invite others into that because it's my greatest testimony. It's my ability to release others and to walk in, to walk in freedom. Jesus, right now, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing, Lord, in the room. I just feel like the Lord's doing a lot in the room right now. Lord, and we just, we call a generation into purity. We thank you, Jesus, for that we're calling a generation into purity, into holiness, to live set apart, where their heart and their mind, their whole being, it's consecrated unto you. desire for you that would fill hearts. That the desire of the spirit, as it says in Galatians 5, would outweigh the desire of the flesh. That every morning that, that they would wake up and they would say, I am free. 